0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Georgetown's School of Continuing Studies, offering online degrees designed to fit your schedule. All hours, all Georgetown. Learn more at scs.georgetown.edu. So uh, this,
1: this whole podcast today is going to be in hushed tones.
2: It's because we're uh, at the airport in Albany, New York.
1: We've had a little bit of uh, flight trouble. Uh, I'm going to actually board... Uh, as soon as this podcast ends, Mike uh, is not.
2: I'm going to fly to Detroit in about an hour and then hang out in Detroit at the airport and then fly to Chicago so I get into Chicago just in time for the traffic.
1: But it's not about us. Um, so we we do want to give you some how-tos. Uh, one thing that we've been thinking about is we have all these CDs and CD paraphernalia around the office. And it's all pretty much useless.
2: Yeah, the most useless are the blank CDs. We're not going to be using these again. And they come in these stacks of like 75 blank CDs, all connected uh, via a spindle that runs through the middle.
1: So uh, Jess here has a tip what, what to do with those things.
3: I do, yeah. And um, I've noticed this too. The only reason I noticed was because I see that people are hanging on to like half a stack of CDs in a spindle, thinking like, well, maybe they'll come back into fashion. Um, but they're not going to. And I just, it just sort of popped into my head. Like, I think a bagel would fit perfectly in here. They don't make bagel-carrying cases, and they really should because, you know, obviously if you're driving to work, you know, no worries, you've got your lunch right there. But in the city, commuting, you know, I've got my laptop in my bag, and everything is going to get crushed, flat, and all the good stuff squishes out this way. You're keeping the whole thing intact, and, um, you know, there's really no Tupperware shaped like a bagel with a hole in it.
2: So, so what, is, what have you come up with?
3: Um, Well, I just kind of stuck a bagel sandwich in a CD spindle and the lid fit on perfectly. Now we're talking about like a standard size deli bagel, um, not the kind that you get in the supermarket, but like a big hefty bagel. And, uh, you know, if you're having kind of a bagel and cream cheese kind of deal, that goes with the 50 CD size. And if you want to like, you know, make like a big club sandwich or something, just uh, rack it up to the hundred pack and you can definitely fit that in there and it won't budge
1: that that's great because uh, with the with the bagel sandwich you're really playing with fire i think they they slide apart more than you know a traditional bread sandwich
3: oh truly and then you get that really terrible compressed bagel dough syndrome that's just not pleasant to eat it's not it's not fluffy it's just kind of
1: well this is great cuz we're uh, we're we're both keeping our lunches safe and uh, you know saving the earth
3: and honoring the bagel
2: and maybe even keeping Best Buy in business so they can keep making blank CDs just so we can use the spindles.
3: Someone did comment, actually, that it was kind of wasteful to, like, take the rest of the CDs out if you hadn't finished them. And you're not going to finish the CDs. I mean, we have Dropbox and stick drives and stuff. Right. It's, you can use them for skeet shooting practice. You can use them for coasters. Or I've heard if you hang them from trees in your garden, it helps keep deer away because they don't like reflective things. So, all eco friendly ways to really make the bagel tote happen. I'm really gunning for this.
1: Well, this is great. Thanks, Jess.
3: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Jess writes for foodrepublic.com. All right, we got a a question from uh, Claire here at the airport. Claire says her sister's dog has low self esteem.
2: Yeah, and a submissive peeing problem, which I can relate to.
1: Uh, Claire, Claire wants to know, how do you make a dog more confident? She says she's tried giving the dog compliments, but she, quote, worries this is ineffective.
2: So we're going to call up our good friend, uh, animal expert, and former Grateful Dead roadie, Kevin Fitzgerald, to help her out. Kevin, what do you think?
0: Well, compliments don't mean much to dogs. You know, you're great. How do you do it day after day? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I tip my hat to you. you, you you're the, the best thing in the universe. What a guy. No. The best thing to give a dog confidence is to take it to numerous places, uh, a lot of places with you, so that the dog gets a sense that, well, we can go to these different places and and mom's not going to leave me. You know, I go to these fun places uh, and and, uh, obedience schools, things that impose you as a pack leader, but that also uh, where the dog gets a lot of praise the submissive peeing problem is is a, is a problem in when you walk in the house and you walk over and the dog runs up to you and you're, the pack leader's home and it pees so I think the first thing that behaviors would tell you is to ignore the dog when you come in and, and, you know, and then approach him on his own terms and not to tower over him and go, hey, how you doing, little buddy, and just you know, scream and make a giant deal, you know, but to, to ignore him. And, and, and then, but the, the other part of that, the other part of the coin to build confidence is there, there's no substitute for time spent with a dog. If you see a well-mannered dog, somebody spent time with it.
1: I know you said a compliment doesn't mean a lot to a dog, but what kind of compliments do you give your dog? What do you What do you say to Yoda? Is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. He he's a secular humanist. I don't know what kind of breed <laughs> he is, you know. But but anyway. We spend a lot of time smoking cigars together, <laughs> and, and, you know, I know they're probably not so good for him. I give him one a week. You know, if we go to this cigar place and hang out. This old lady died, and I was supposed to put him to sleep. It, it, an old woman died. and He was in with her body for three or four days, the woman that owned him. Mm-hmm. And that I take care of the Denver and the Aurora and Denver police dogs, and the cops called and said they had a vicious dog that wouldn't let them take the body away, and the EMT people, and they called the cops, so the cops couldn't get him. They were going to shoot him. The Super Bowl Sunday, and so... I was watching the ball game with my brothers, you know, at the cigar place, and, and uh, you know, eating pastrami sandwiches. So I jumped in the car, came to the practice, thought it was a vicious dog, got the big net and the rabies bowl and these big gloves that we use. And, and uh, I went, it's this little five-pound guy, you know. And I go, jeez. <laughs> I sat down on the floor next to the body, jumped off the bed, and was like, my mom died, and these guys kicked the door down with guns. Get me out of here. So we, that was it, man. He's, he's my guy. But the compliments for him would be. You know, telling him about probably good moves he's made with the market or, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't know if I do compliment him a lot. I should maybe compliment him more. He he likes any kind of praise, but the main thing he likes is is spending time with me.
1: Do you you get the sense that he's um, thinking about compliments for you, that he's giving you compliments?
0: If I could only be half the person that he thinks I am, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that would be the, the thing. I, better, I, I think, you know, I let him down in so many ways, you know, or, or you know, I, I, I should spend more time with him or, or do things with him and he's getting up there and as we become farther and farther away from nature, having an animal in the house kind of, uh, you know, calms us down and puts us back in touch. You still got a lion on your couch or a wolf in the living room, you know.
2: All right. It's been
0: great. Thanks, uh, Kevin. Uh, All right, play me or trade me. I love you guys.
1: So uh, we are seeing twerking everywhere. Mostly uh, we are trying to avert our eyes from Miley Cyrus.
2: If you hadn't seen it, it was a performance on the VMAs where she twerked at
1: Robin Thicke. Uh, And twerk was added to the OED uh, this week. We're wondering where the word comes from. Now, at the OED, they say they're not sure. Uh, might have, might be a blend of twist and, or twitch. There are other theories out there, though.
2: Yeah, joining us now is etymologist Anatoly Lieberman. He's a professor at the University of Minnesota. So, Anatoly, tell us what do you know about twerk? Um,
4: yes, I know twerking only as uh, meaning twitching or something like that or jerking. It's not a word uh, that that is used uh, too much nowadays. Uh, though everybody knows it, of course. I know twerk, mainly, uh, and I came across twerk uh, in connection with the with history of such words as twerp, with a P at the end, and, uh, and dweeb. Uh, so that twerp came more or less like a neighbor of these words. But the ultimate origin of these words is not known well enough.
1: So, so, uh, is it possible that maybe someone was doing this this dance and someone else thought that that person looks like a twerp uh they're they're twerking and that's maybe where the word came from
4: that's that's quite possible in general these words spread like contagion uh, somebody says something uh produces a funny combination uh, somebody else laughs at this combination and says well uh this is uh, this is what it must mean. What a funny word. And most words, most such, crea- most such creations die at once. And some words have good luck. Uh, somebody likes the word. Somebody else likes the word. And all of a sudden, uh, you find that the word
1: is known. Well, let me, let me ask you this. So in, in looking into the, the word twerk uh, and, and trying to get a sense for where it came from, did you try the dance at any point? Did, did you twerk?
4: Um, No. And it's a word which, again, I should say, I have hardly ever heard in my life. Uh, I know know the word from reading, from newspapers, from stories. I'm not sure that anyone in my presence has ever used it.
2: Have you ever hung around Miley Cyrus?
4: No, no, no. Why should I?
2: Well, I guess if you were giving a lecture and you needed to spice things up, I guarantee you your students would pay more attention if you started twerking.
4: Well, that's that's probably true. Well, thank
2: you for explaining this to us, Anatoly.
4: Well, I hope it has been of some use to you, uh, though no definite answers have, uh, have come up in our conversation.
2: But it did allow us to say the word twerk a bunch of times.
4: Well, I will now start using it uh, thanks to our conversation.
1: we got an email from Mike. Mike says he listens to our show when he's procrastinating when he really should be finishing up his MBA degree.
2: Mike, these next 15 seconds are for you. I don't understand why Mike would would wait to finish up his MBA because next is his his NBA which is great.
1: We are still collecting your Toilets of the Week. Get your nominations to howto at npr.org.
2: This week's toilet comes from Tom. Tom, tell us about your toilet. All right. Well, um, we do these five- to seven-day
5: wilderness trips out in Montana. And, you know, there's everyone's going to take care of their own business. So we dig a hole
1: mm-hmm. probably
5: four to five feet down. Right. A couple feet wide. We've customized this metal folding chair and uh, kind of a... No. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to sit on logs. We're not animals out there.
1: And you you don't want to have to squat. No, no. By customized, you just mean cut a hole in the thing.
5: We cut a hole in the thing and then have like a wooden, you know, like a typical toilet seat that we've screwed into the chair.
2: That's nice. So it's comfortable then. Oh,
5: yeah. yeah, very nice.
2: Very nice. It's really that's like the the ultimate porta potty right there.
5: Uh, that's really what it is. So then from the base of the chair, we run a uh decomposable bag. Okay. Which we refer to as the lower lower intestine.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so that just kind of directs everything into the hole. Okay. Um for accuracy purposes, um uh, we've got a kind of a little dome tent that sits over in case it's raining or for whatever privacy purposes uh a little bit of controversy though i lit that on fire so we don't have that anymore um
2: <laughs> what what happened you lit your toilet tent on fire
5: yeah yeah it was uh
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> it broke in a windstorm and it's kind of a little controversy i asked for permission to burn it thought i was given permission and evidently not so much, they thought I was kidding, but uh yeah, we threw it in the fire, burned it up. <laughs> <out. laughs>
2: this wasn't like a hey someone, Tom, light a match type of thing it no,
5: no, no, um that would have done it probably equally as well though
2: when i think as I think about this toilet, I realize you you know great, it's great for camping, but ultimately, it's kind of great for anywhere you're going where you're not sure about a bathroom. Do you ever take it just maybe to like a baseball game or An outdoor music festival?
5: You know, not anymore. Not since the incident.
2: Well, congratulations, Tom. You have this week's Toilet of the Week.
5: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: That does it for this week's show. What we learned today,
2: Mike? I learned that the origin of twerk is one of the great unsolved etymological mysteries.
1: Yeah. I think any, anybody that watches somebody twerking thinks, what's the etymology of what's happening right now? I learned that bagels and CDs are pretty much interchangeable.
2: Yeah, I have an old Maxi bagel of Slick Rick's children's story I got when I was in high school.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I really like my Phil Collins bagels with locks and cream cheese. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Haga with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Kevin Kelso,
2: who we imagine right now is standing somewhere in a farmer's market listening to this.
1: Check out those heirloom tomatoes, Kevin. They look great.
2: Send us your questions at howto.npr.org.
1: Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian.
4: And I'm Mike. Thanks.